All right. Hey there. Welcome to this Real Life Church podcast. Uh, This is a podcast uh, in which I'm going through the New City Catechism. And uh, the New City Catechism is 52 questions and answers that covers uh, really a a lot of the the basic foundational doctrines of the Christian faith. I think it's a very helpful uh, resource that um, can help restore some things that I think are needed among Christians today, which is clear thinking about truth um, in a world that is um, increasingly run through with lies and and deceit and deception. So what I'm doing in this podcast is I'm reading the question and answer and I'm offering a bit of commentary. So like I said, it's 52 questions and answers. We are going to cover question 48 in this episode. So we're, we're nearing the end. We're on the home stretch here. Question 48 asks this, what is the church? The answer, God chooses and preserves for himself a community elected for eternal life and united by faith who love, follow, learn from, and worship God together. God sends out this community to proclaim the gospel and and to to prefigure Christ's kingdom by the quality of their life together and their love for one another. So theologians have long talked about and made distinction between what they call the visible church and the invisible church, which I I think can be kind of helpful. So I might just talk about that for a moment, Um, but I want to take it in reverse order, talk about the invisible church first, then the visible church. So the way that they... uh, Uh, the invisible church has been talked about or described is that the invisible church is the true church known only to God, uh, which only God can see, and therefore it's invisible to us, uh, because it's the church that's made up of all truly born-again believers, past, present, and future. And the reason why it's invisible to us is because we can't see into people's hearts to know whether or not they are truly saved, but God certainly does. And so, That's why it's called the invisible church. So the invisible church, all true believers who have been truly born again, past, present, and future. That's the invisible church. The easiest way to think of the visible church is that uh, it's made up of the people who say they're Christians, who attend church, who profess faith in Christ, and so forth. So it's not hard to see how these two groups of people could be different. One group of people is... Uh, is uh, truly regenerate. They belong to God because God certainly knows and sees. And the other group of people is uh, is a mixture. It's made up of true believers, but also uh, people who simply profess but have no saving faith in Christ. So um, that's hopefully that's a helpful um, uh, remark or distinction that uh, can be made as we look at this uh, answer a bit more. So the answer starts off by saying God chooses and preserves for himself a community elected for eternal life and united by faith. That's the first sentence. Of course there's a lot here, but it starts with the first it starts everything starts with the first words, the first phrase. God chooses and preserves for himself a community. A, the church is a group or a community that God chooses and preserves for himself. Those words, God chooses, is pretty definite, right? Pretty absolute. God chooses. That's the language of election. 
that God, according to his own glorious grace and nothing in man, nothing in us, chooses people to be his people. He says, I'm going to choose these people to be my people forever. God chooses those whom he brings near to himself. And he does so by his own grace. He doesn't do it because he sees something special in us. He does it by his own gracious will. But God not only chooses a community of elected individuals, he also preserves them. So he doesn't just choose them uh, before the foundation of the world, he preserves them as well. So we see here the beginning and the end of salvation. God chooses before the world was ever made, and he preserves those same people all the way to the end. Uh, So the language of preservation is God will keep uh, this group of people that he's chosen. He will keep them uh, to the end. He will not lose one of them. Now, Jesus uses this language in John 6 when he says, of all that the Father gives me. Now, that's the language of choosing. The Father chose and gave this group of people to Christ, And Jesus says, of all that the Father gives me, I will not lose one. That's the language of preservation. These people are chosen and they're preserved. And God's the one who chooses and preserves for himself a community. So this community, the church, is elected for eternal life. That's Again, that's what a glorious statement. Elected for eternal life. That is the destiny of all truly born-again believers of the church. They're elected for eternal life. There's a lot of talk of destiny in our day. Among Christians, there's, we want to know what our destiny is. What's, what's, uh, what's this great calling in our life? Well, I mean, the, the long and short of it is we're destined for eternal life. That's our destiny. And we are also united by faith. The church is a believing community. Think about that. It's not just a community that, it's not just that God chooses us and preserves us, but in time, the the church and individuals that make up the church, they believe. They believe in Christ. And and so the church is a believing community, united to Christ by faith and also united to one another by faith. Now, what this uh, answer goes into next is what the church or what this community actually does. What does the church do? Um, And our answer gives a great list, and certainly things could be added to this, but I think this really does uh, give a great overview or a great um, statement generally of what the church does. First, the church loves God. The church is a community that loves God, the first and greatest commandment. Of course, it all starts here. Um, one One of the fundamental things that happens in our lives when we're born again, when we become part of the church, is... Right? God takes out the heart of stone, puts in a heart of flesh, gives us new desires, new loves. And the first and foremost desire and love that God gives us is a love for him. So the church is this community that loves God. They also follow God. In other words, they obey him. The church is a community under the authority of God, and, and therefore they seek to follow his ways by doing his will. Next, it says that they learn from God. This is the posture of a disciple. The, uh, we, we, hear, we read a lot in, the, in the, the Gospels of the disciples of Jesus, the 12 and then even the, the large group of people that were disciples. And what is a disciple? Well, at its most basic definition, a disciple is a learner, a pupil who learns from his master. So they learn from God. The church learns from God. It's this community that learns from him. Always learning, always growing. Next, they worship him. 
right? They worship God. They worship the true and living God. The word church, uh, interestingly, the, it's a Greek word, ekklesia, means the called out ones. And it begs the question, called out of what? Well, we've been called out of darkness. We've been called out of the kingdom of darkness. We've been called out of this world. We've been called out of death. And we've been called into light, into the kingdom of God's beloved son. We've been called into uh, life. Or uh, most basically, we've been called to God. We've been called to God. We've been called to worship God. And this reminds me of um, the call of uh, God when he when he called his people out of Egypt, the Exodus. He wanted his people to Exodus out of Egypt. And why did he want them to do that? Well, Moses was, was to go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may come out and worship me. So this is fundamental. And of course, the church does all of these things. Love God, follow God, learn from God, worship God. We do all these things together. Now, I think this is an important thing we need to we need to grow in, especially in America. We think of ourselves as rugged individuals, but the church is a community, and we do these things together. Um, the next, uh, next sentence says this, God sends out this community to proclaim the gospel and to prefigure Christ's kingdom by the quality of their life together and their love for one another. So, God sends this community out. What do we do? We proclaim the gospel. We, we tell of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's, what, that's our message, right? Uh, Mark 16 said, Jesus told his disciples to go and preach the gospel to all creation. So that's, that's our mission is to proclaim the gospel, but it's also to live in such a way that we we show what Christ's kingdom is like. I'm not sure I like the word prefigure because I think we manifest Christ's kingdom. Um, I know it's going to come in its fullness when Jesus returns, but it has already come. And so we we manifest, we prefigure. I like the word manifest better, but we, we, uh, we show what Christ's kingdom is like by the quality of our life together and our love for one another. And, and so we're to live in such a way that it evokes... Uh, it gives it gives non-believers, it gives the world, and quite frankly, it gives believers a glimpse of the glorious kingdom of Christ. The scripture that goes along with question and answer 49 is 2 Thessalonians 2.13, which says, But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Well, thanks for joining me for this episode. And until next time, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you.